How did a broke single mom who'd been fired from Dennis go on to become America's most sought-after real estate investor? Hold on to your seats as you are about to go on a wild ride that results in you being a superstar. Dwan Twyberg, aka Wonderful, is about to blow your mind. The most wonderful real estate podcast ever promises to be your go-to podcast for everything that life has to offer. You are entering the Wonderful Zone. Hey everybody, welcome to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. I'm your host, Juan Mintwiper, and I'm America's most sought after real estate investor. I'm so excited to hear from you today for Business by the Book. So every other Sunday, we do Bible studies. We go through the book. So um, I have, uh, we had a really good Bible study earlier in the month. And this one, we're going to go to Matthew 6, chapter 19 to 33. So this is all in, see it on my phone, red letters. You know that part where I say the truth is in the red letters? Those are all the things that Jesus said. So some of you, I still get people that call me and go, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Truth in the red letters. What red letters? Where are the red letters? And people are like, I looked online. I Google stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. So when I say the truth is in the red letters, that means everything that Jesus said in the Bible is in the red letters. And this is the Bible online that I use. It's the King James Version. And the letters are red in the Bible on my phone. So we're going to start with 19. Matthew 6 is a really good chapter, but it is long. And so uh, I'm going to start here. But the focus of the verse is going to be 33. So starting with chapter 19, Jesus said, Lay up not for yourselves treasures upon earth, where the moth and the rust corrupt, and where thieves can break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. Oh, this is the King James Version. It's a little harder to read. Hold on a second. And where thieves do not break or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So whatever your treasure is, whether it's a person, it's your house, it's your money, it's your business, it's God, whatever your treasure is, that's where your heart's at. So God says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. And if your eye, so therefore thine eye shall be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. So sometimes... You can walk into a room and people are like, oh, man, your light shines. So that's what God is saying. Like uh, the light of the body is the eye. So the body is the whole. So we should be like a shining light, like a beacon. If that eye be evil, then the whole body shall be full of dark. And if the light is in you be dark, that's how great is the darkness. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. So when people say, oh, money's the root of all evil, it's the love of money. No man can serve two masters. So you can't be best friends with everybody and try to make everybody happy and not be faithful to God. Because if you do that, then you're going to end up, like it says, no man can serve two masters. So you either hate one and love the other, 
or you'll hold on to one, you'll despise the other. You can't serve God and man. So there's a lot of times in my life I've had to make decisions based on what God wants, not what my friends want. And so sometimes you lose friends, sometimes you lose family, sometimes people don't agree with what you think, but you cannot serve two masters. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life or what you should eat or what you should drink or yet for your body. What you should put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. So, well, behold the fowls of the air, birds, for they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather things into their barns, yet the Heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not much better than we are? So Jesus is like, look, look at their birds. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store things up in the barn, they don't store up money, they don't store up this, they don't store up that. And we are better than them, and God feeds them and takes care of them. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic into a stature? So this means we can't make ourselves taller, we can't make ourselves younger, we can't make ourselves older. So we can't do that. And why take thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil. They don't spin. They don't work. They're just there. And God, Jesus says unto you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these, like the lilies in the field. So wherefore, if God clothes the grass in the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. And these are people that had not accepted Jesus yet. For your Heavenly Father knows what you need of all these things. But this is the verse I want to talk about. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take care of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So there are places in the Bible where God is like, seek first, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God. Think that, seek the kingdom of God first, and all these things shall be added to you. And the things that we just talked about are your food, your clothing, where you live, what you eat, what you do. He's like, look, look at the fields. They're not worried. Look at the birds. They're not worried. You're more important than them. You cannot love two. You cannot follow two people. You cannot have two masters. You will serve one. And you'll love one and hate the other, or you'll hold to the one and you'll despise the other. So you cannot serve God and man. If your eyes, it says, if your eyes be evil, if your body is evil, then your whole body is full of darkness. If you have light in your body, the Holy Spirit, then your whole body is light. Some people are, <laughs> are like, I'm going to send you love and light. It's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Don't send me any weird juju over here. I have to like, Rebuke that stuff all the way. Don't lay up yourself or lay up yourself treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven would be things like 
helping somebody when nobody sees. Um, helping someone financially. Maybe you can't even afford to. You're giving them your last dollar. Doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Talking and standing up for God. Um, you know, treasures in heaven. Not being so worried about treasures on earth. Because it says, lay up not for yourself treasures on earth where the moss and the rust can corrupt it. Thieves can break it and they can steal all your stuff. So people have all this stuff and all this security and all this and all that. And it can be taken from you in a heartbeat. So it's like worry about storing up treasures in heaven. And so, again, that could be doing good deeds, helping someone that didn't ask for your help, helping someone anonymously, tithing, giving money, charities, just things where it's between you and God. God even says somewhere in the Bible, Jesus says, if you do something and brag to men, like, oh, look what I did, that that is actually your reward but if you do something great like that and keep it to yourself and just you and Jesus see it, that is storing up treasures in heaven. So worry about storing up treasures in heaven. You don't want to get up there and not have stored up any treasures. That means you are not that good of a person down here. And it says, again, the fowls of the earth, they don't reap, they don't sow, they don't store stuff up in the barn, that God takes care of them. And God clothes the grass of the field. So if he's going to clothe the rest of the fields, which could burn up tomorrow, he's going to take care of you. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now that does not mean that if you follow Jesus, he's going to pour down fountains of money and fountains of wealth, and he's going to do all these things. As people go, oh, what the Bible says, if I just seek Jesus, the kingdom of God, all these great things will happen. Well, it's... It's not great things like we might think as humans. There are tons of Christians who are not wealthy. There are tons of Christians who are wealthy. There are people that have a lot and people that don't have a lot, but they still believe in God. They believe in Jesus as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They still have all of that. So God is not saying, oh, if you believe in me, I'm going to make you rich. He's going to cover our basic needs. We're going to have food, clothing, shelter, we're going to be good people. We're going to store things up in heaven. We're going to do things for the kingdom of God. We're not going to worry. He says, the birds aren't worried. Why are we worried? I guess my last Bible study was on anxiety as well. So I must clearly be something that's on my heart. Um, God's like, the trees over there, they're not worried. The trees are more beautiful than anything. Like the, the worth more than Solomon, who was uh, the richest man that ever lived. And it says, take no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take care of itself. And I've heard people say that to me throughout my whole life. Like, why are you worried about tomorrow? Tomorrow will take care of itself. And that really is true. We can't do anything about yesterday because that was the past. We can't do anything about today, but we can do something at this moment because this is the present. And 10 minutes from now is the future. So I guess I must have a lot of, to talk about with anxiety now that I'm saying this out loud. This is a verse that I felt like was on my heart to read to you guys today. Matthew 6, actually just read all of Matthew. It's all stuff Jesus said. But uh, verse 33 is, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And 34, therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take care of itself. So when you're laying in bed, worried about your husband, what's going to happen tomorrow? And, oh my God, you're going to lose, you're going to die. And you're not having any anxiety and you're not sleeping and all of you are worried about whatever you're worried about. 
your kids, your husband, your spouse, your job, your foreclosure, your business. God just, Jesus just says straight up, like, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. Now, does that mean don't plan, don't think, don't have a job, like don't be responsible? No, it doesn't mean that. We still have to be responsible. We're a working society. We're parents. We're grandparents or brothers or sisters or cousins or friends or aunts or uncles or all kinds of things. So we still have to live like normal civilized human beings. But God says like, just don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. And if you just seek Jesus first, like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Everything else takes care of itself. So I guess that does go back to my Philippians. I didn't realize that those tied together until I read that whole thing. I was just going to talk about verse 33, which is seek ye first the kingdom of God as righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And then I read the before and then I read after it about don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So I think that's God just reconfirming to me personally. Like, listen, girl, don't need to be anxious. I got it all under control. You can't control it anyway. So stop helping me. <laughs> I'm sure that there are many times out the day where God looks at us and he's like, seriously, stop helping me. <laughs> he doesn't need our help. He does not need our help. And that has been something I say to my husband a lot now because I did not realize. I mean, I know that Bill's like a super micromanager. And he's also a control freak. It's probably why one of the things that we like about the other person is that we're always just like, we're up on top of everything. But him having to give up full control. And I even remember him saying, well, I'm checking into the hospital, whatever day it was, like February what day was it? Like the 21st or something? I don't know exactly even what day it was. Let's just say it was 21st. Because I'm just going to give up full control. The minute I walk in, I'm just giving up all the control. I'm like, well, who are you giving the control up to? He's like, well, I'm just going to give it up to God. I'm giving it up to the doctors. I'm just going to give up control. Nothing I can do anyway. And I just remember laughing and saying, dude, we're not in control anyway. So I don't know why you think on this set day you're going to give up control. But in his mind... He had to trust the doctors. He can't question and Google everything and try to make his own decisions. Like, this is a stem cell transplant. This is a bone marrow by a transplant. Like, we don't know about that. People, there's a handful of doctors in the whole world that do this. Like, literally a handful. I just remember him saying, okay, on this day, that's it. I'm just giving it up. And the day I picked up from the hospital, he just said, I just want you to know, Whatever you tell me to do, whatever I need to do, I'm just going to let you be in control. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but when you use the word, I'm going to let you be in control, means you're still in control. You're going to let someone else do it till you're ready to go back and take it back over again. So how about just, I'm going to just give up control. I'm not going to let me. You're just going to like give it up. But I'm the same way. I was a wreck the whole time too. So I think these two uh, Bible studies for the month of October just reconfirm when I finally just said to God, like, listen, just take this because I cannot handle it. I cannot. I got to stop thinking. I cannot even think about it. Just take it out of my head. Take it out of my thoughts. Just get rid of it. Just you're in control. You take it. Just get it. I can't handle it. Just get it away from me. And so I have been uh, very calm, actually. I've noticed even this week I've been in a hotel and I've been relaxing and watching uh, TV and some movies and I have Hallmark. I, the place where we live doesn't have Hallmark, so I've been dying for my Hallmark movies. And um, and I'm just like, you know, I'm really weirdly peaceful about stuff. As much as we still have so much unknown ahead of us, I am weirdly peaceful about it. So I think that is 
crossing a threshold where uh, I'm not trying to control every single thing. And I have been like, okay, that's it. And then I love this verse. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and it's righteousness and all those things will be added to you. He'll take care of your food, take care of your clothes. He'll take care of where you live. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of your health. He'll take care of us spiritually, physically, mentally. He'll take care of us. We just got to let him do it and not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow takes care of itself. Today is today. Yesterday was the past. Nothing we can do. Today is today. And tomorrow, we don't even know if we're going to get it tomorrow. So let's just seek first the kingdom of God. That's it. The red letters are on the internet. See, I can't, you can't tell that. So always read the red letters. When in doubt, if you're new to the Bible, if you're new to the whole concept of following Jesus, if you're new to the whole thing, just remember this too. God hates religion. So I'm not religious. I'm not like a brand of Christianity, like Methodist or Protestant or whatever there is. I'm just a plain old Bible-believing, God-fearing woman that follows Jesus. So I guess in the society today, I would be considered a non-denominational Christian. Because you know what? I read the whole Bible. Other than Jews and Gentiles, I don't see Catholics or Mormons or I don't even know what there is. I don't see Muslim. I don't see any of that. None of that. It's like just seek the kingdom of God and have a relationship. God does not like religion. God wants a relationship. And that's why I tell you, I just, you know, I've learned to just walk around in my head all the time. Just say, Lord, what's up? I'll keep me safe walking down this hallway. I'm going to go over there. Let me find what I'm looking for. Just, you know, make it easy. And what are you doing today? And like, hey, what's up? And oh my God, this happened. That must be so terrible. And there's a lot of days I even at night when I pray, I'm like, Lord, you just must look down on humanity and think like what a mess those people are. He has to just hang his head some days and be like, I regret <laughs> I even made you guys. <laughs> but, you know, he did that once before and said, no, it wiped us all out. So let's not do that. Anyway, next time we're going to be raptured, so it won't make a difference anyway. So that's it. See the kingdom of God. Read about Jesus. If you don't know, get yourself a Bible. Read everything in the red letters first and see where your heart steers you. But let's just learn to give it over to God. All of our worries, our anxieties, our fears, let's just give them all to God. We can't change anything anyway. I think the sooner we realize we can't change things and that God's in control and we're not in control, we can just let things go, we can have more peace. At least I know that's what's worked for me, especially this last year. So peace is a good thing. All right, guys, we'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And remember that the truth is in the red letters. Ciao. Wow, wow, wow. How much fun did you just have? You listened to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. Hey, do me a favor. If you love just one thing about the show, if you laugh, if you learn something, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Don't forget, next week, same bat time, same bat channel.